it's silly if you think about it. If you compare it to other professions, you know there there are professions where you'd just simply be fired if you uh, if you'd operate in the way that uh, many marketers would uh, would operate are operating currently. Hey everyone, CK here, and welcome to our new podcast, Half Wasted. In this podcast, we discuss with some of the leading marketing effectiveness professionals about why John's quote is so prevalent to this day, how data can help marketers to make more informed decisions, what kind of use cases and business results data-driven marketing enables. And welcome back to another episode of Half Wasted. Today we have Beamer uh, Snyder from Commercial Works. Beamer famous for his... Uh, data-driven and fact-based marketing um, learnings. Welcome, Weimer. Hi, thank you, Chris. Weimer, you must have heard John Watermacher's famous quote, half of uh, my advertising spend is wasted. The problem is, I don't know which half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think it holds true to this day? Well, you know, um, I think it, it mostly depends on uh, what your definition of, uh, of waste is in the first place. And, uh, and there's, a, there's all sorts of uh, things that can go on um, uh, that will sort of determine indeed whether your, your budget's been wasted. You know, it's obviously something that's very much related to advertising. So uh, even just in that sort of more narrow context, uh, you know, um, thoughts that will go through my mind uh, in terms of determining whether it's true or not. So I, I don't think it's true, by the way, just to give you the short, quick answer. Uh, because, um, uh, you know, what time frame uh, are, are you applying in, in determining to what degree advertising is wasted? You know, if, if, if your objective is to get quick returns within the quarter, uh, yeah, then uh, depending on what you've done in terms of advertising, uh, it might feel as if it's wasted. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, we know that um, advertising is is you know something uh, that will work immediately. So yes, it will generate sales now, but typically it's also something that will uh, will ensure that you'll you know you'll make a sale next year or even the years thereafter, depending on uh, on what you do in advertising. So that's just one example. Of just what do you mean by wasted, Mr. Wanamaker? Do you mean like the money you've spent this year and the returns for this year? Um, but what? No, it depends. It also depends on what. How, so who's uh, who's been seeing the advertising? Have you actually been too selective in terms of who was actually um, uh, confronted with your with your ads? Uh, what were you putting in the ads? Um, so I, th- I think it's a hard question uh, in the sense you think it's true or untrue. I think it just depends on a lot of things and and whom you t- you're talking to. If you're very sales oriented, you'll have a different view than uh, if you're. Uh, if you're a, a marketing manager, if you're a finance guy, it will be different. So, uh, do you think it's true? Um, as a marketing consultant, uh, I, I don't think it's true. Uh, it's actually really hard to determine when, you know, whether half is wasted uh, or whether it's more or less. Uh, it, this is one of the, I think, one of the big problems where, in terms of measuring the effectiveness um, of our efforts. But um, so, I would say I would be inclined to say no. I don't think it's true. <laughs> But it's a think, nice quote. <laughs> Guess people think it's um, more. Do you think it's less than half wasted or more than half wasted? Then, well, if, you, know, if you think about the kind of total amount, as you mentioned, the short and long term. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I think um, there is depending on how you view it again. But I think um, so. For me, one of the references. Uh, 
I typically use when I talk to people about advertising and advertising effectiveness and sort of the expectations that they uh, should should set um, is uh, is something that is work that Eric Duplessis uh, did a long time ago. I think it was somewhere in the mid '90s, where um, he did he did some interesting work uh, where he sort of found out that. Um, you know, only 40% of the people that saw an ad recall seeing the ad. So that's already, that's already more than half wasted, right? Uh, but even of, you know, of that group of people, only 40% of people apparently were able to recall the correct brand. So uh, you know, that would end up with, let's say, you know, uh, every $100 spent on advertising, you know, uh, only 16 of them would have had a, a true effect because you know, 40 40% times 40% is 16%. So, yeah, in that case, more than half of your ad, ad budget is wasted. But, you know, is that because you as a marketer uh, made mistakes? Yeah, maybe. Maybe you should have uh, branded your ads better. Uh, but I think there's also just uh, uh, there, there is something that lies outside of the control of the marketer is that the fact that people have busy lives, they don't pay as much attention as you want, you would wished for. Um but so, you know, you, you can't control everything, I suppose. Uh, you, you can buy a certain reach. Yeah, you can you can optimize your branding. You know, you can sort of look into that. And and, and when you test it, uh, find that, you know, a large group of people will recognize your brand. And then you just put it out there and all sorts of weird stuff happens. So um, but if we use that 16 percent as a benchmark and let's say that, you know, um, it, you, 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 yeah. If you take that perspective or that that view uh, or the, that bit of data, um, yeah, then then indeed, you know, more than half your budget would be wasted. But I actually think it's not. You're very keen on kind of uh, getting the facts right, um, and you're yeah. a guest lecturing on evidence-based marketing. So, uh, what 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 is evidence-based marketing? Yeah, if there's if there's one upside to the pandemic, uh, it, it is actually uh, um, uh, helping people understand or appreciate what evidence-based marketing is. Uh, uh, when I talk to people about that uh, on on that topic, uh, I was actually lecturing uh, uh, not very long ago in uh, in France uh, to, to to students who are in their last year of their their marketing major. And this is exactly what I uh, typically start off with when, my, when I do my lectures. I, tri- I first start off, so what is this thing, evidence-based marketing? Um, and um, and there's this subtle little difference. Um, I think one of the authors in Eat Your Greens actually also just uh, addresses that. There's, you, we can work on in a fact-based way, essentially. You know, we can collect data and, uh, and then we collect, you can collect facts. Yeah, you can say, well, 10,000 people clicked on our ad or liked our our tweets, things like that. So that would be, you would be collecting facts, you know. Um, there's a subtle difference between, let's say, fact-based working and evidence-based working, uh, because um, not everything that you measure counts, matters, right? Uh, uh, for instance, you know, we know that likes uh, aren't very strongly linked to actual, you know, business results, for example. So. You know, uh, that would be a, a good example of, you know, working in a fact-based manner, you know, administering likes and the degree to which people have liked your your tweet and uh, what kind of ratio um, uh, you could compare ratios uh, between tweets and things like that. So that will all be very fact-based, but it's sort of useless because you're measuring things that do not matter. Um, and why do we know that they don't matter? Well, that's because, you know, there is uh, there is information that uh, that is 
crucial uh, when it comes to selling stuff. We're, we're, we're obviously concerning ourselves here with marketing. Um, and, um, and there are things that actually not, you know, that have no relationship with what we're trying to do. Try, what we're trying to do is influence buying behavior. So, you know, if we separate that, you know, those, let's say, things out, we find that there are certain things that you could call key performance indicators. That's a very old, well-known word. Um, and, and evidence-based marketing is very much concerned with, with those um, indicators, the things that, are, that, that have a strong link or, or, or a good link to business results, business outcomes. Um, you know, we're trying to influence buyer behavior, so it's very strongly linked to the degree to re- you're able to attract buyers, whether they are existing buyers or new ones. You know, that's a, that's a different story, but simple things like that. And the thing with evidence-based marketing is that, uh, and this is what, how it knits back to the pandemic, you know, if you just, uh, let's say you're, you're developing a vaccine, uh, you know, and you just, you randomly grab a few people from Helsinki and you just, uh, you test something, what you're, you know, what you're, what you're experimenting on, you test that on, uh, on a group of, uh, let's say you go to a university in Helsinki and you just, you know, you, <clears throat> you grab 50 students who are willing to participate and you test your, uh, your, your, your experimental vaccine on these people and the, and the results are positive. It would be sort of foolish to, to, to conclude that, uh, that you've got a great result and that we can now start jabbing everyone in Finland. Because for obvious reasons, uh, almost everybody sort of intuitively already understands and appreciates that, you know, you know, w- wait a minute, you've just taken a group of students, you know, that's a very select group of people, and you've tried something on them, and, you know, you've got a positive result. Well, okay, good for you, great. But what needs to happen, and this is what everybody understands, is that we need to test this on multiple people, different situations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, does it work uh, with people who have certain conditions? You know, does it work uh, in the same way for women, men, children, you know, elderly, et cetera, et cetera? So there needs to be a lot of work done. Uh, and then in the end, you know, we, we hopefully find that, for, you know, for all of these groups, uh, you know, we can, we can sort of go back and say, yeah, well, we've managed to sort of develop something that works for everyone, maybe in very varying degrees. But we, what, we, what you try to do is to sort of come up with something that works for, you know, for everyone. And this is exactly what we try to do in marketing. We, we try to find things uh, on the basis of research uh, that can help us sell to everyone. So are there some sort of universal principles that apply to everyone, perhaps in various varying degrees? Uh, but that requires a lot of testing and testing and you know, replicating and trying again. Um, and that is very much at the heart of evidence-based marketing. It is collecting information using the correct methods, interpreting and analyzing that data in the right way so you're not you know, leading yourself astray. Uh, that sort of produces potentially interesting ideas, but at least you've got something that you can then test, 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 and then see if it replicates. And in the most ideal situation, uh, if it does replicate, you, you test to what degree it also replicates in various you know, conditions and circumstances, geographical regions, you know, and so on. And if it does, you've got some great, you know, that you've got some great evidence, some universal principles that you can apply in, uh, in various and wide conditions. And uh, thankfully, you know, we've got, we've had people uh, doing this for about 50, 60, maybe even 70 years. So, you know, I think, um, uh, what, what a lot of people fail to appreciate is uh, that a lot of that hard work has actually been done in many cases and, uh, and that actually many marketers can sort of use that knowledge to their advantage. 
Um, but again, at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. So there's still a lot of testing that we need to do. So it's on the one hand, we've got something very we've got something very fundamental uh, available to us all. How does buyer behavior work? What does it look like? What do buyers do? And and you know, is it different for, in the U.S. compared to Finland or the Netherlands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I think then today's marketing is too contextual. So people co- concentrate on kind of optimizing, for example, the Facebook ads or kind of being good at uh, search engine optimization. And maybe we should then refocus on these more universal buying behaviors and stuff like that. Yeah, I think <clears throat> there. Uh, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the the Bauhaus school of architecture. It's sort of a, uh, a, a school of architecture, uh, you know, from, from from a well long long time ago uh, in, in 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 a way. But um, you you were you were being uh, trained to become an architect. You know, someone who could you know build bridges, uh, buildings, or you know roads or whatever. Uh, but at the core of uh, the Bauhaus school, uh, if, you, if you look at their curriculum, um, was actually um, first and foremost teaching students about some very fundamental, elemental uh, things that you know were valued, notwithstanding you know, whatever the context, you know, whatever their their role, their job would be. Uh, so it would be understanding uh, how wood works, how metal works, you know, some sort of very fundamental things that they will they would typically need to use, uh, whether they were building bridges or buildings or or roads or things like that. Uh, and there's this sort of uh, additional sort of thing, uh, um, which is tip- very often used in in innovation uh, programs, is the idea uh, of first principles, um, something. Um, uh, there's, there's a nice little article I have my uh, I have my students read where um, Elon Musk is uh, sort of quoted or referenced to, and um, it talks about how Elon Musk sort of sort of you know obviously the guy wanted to shoot stuff up in uh, in, in space, uh, so uh, so he started thinking okay so what's the best way to get stuff up in the air and uh, and and what do you know he he needed rockets to do so, uh, but one of the things he apparently realized. Um, I'm referencing the, referencing the article. I don't, I don't know Mr. Musk, of course. Uh, but is he realized that rockets are actually quite expensive. <clears throat> so I think it's near like 60, 70 million uh, <clears throat> a pop. So, um, so apparently one of the things uh, Elon Musk realized is that um, you know, it was probably way, way cheaper to sort of build his own rocket factory and build his own rockets because I think he could have, uh, if he if he did that, it would cost him about four to five million to to build a rocket, you know, instead of purchasing it, which would make it much more expensive. But the idea is that sort of Elon Musk was sort of um, sort of you know able to sort of go back to first principles and just you know analyze his situation and then sort of realize that you know if he if he wanted to do something special, uh, you know, uh, there are there were probably a few things that he probably needed to sort out uh, for himself or first before doing so. Well, you know, and, and the guys shooting rockets in the air, uh, as we know, as we all know. But uh, it's about combining very fundamental, basic things which will allow you to to innovate. So Gutenberg is one of the people that's also sort of referenced as someone for the book printing to realize that wine presses could be could be used for printing books. So, so it's those people sort of going back to first principles, and on the basis of that, 
being able to innovate or come up with new ideas is, is, is interesting, I think, when it comes to marketing. So to go back to your question, I think, you know, marketing is a profession with, you know, with there's, there's, there's a ton of stuff that we need to do. So, yeah, we need to do something about social media. We need to do something about big, broad reach. Uh, what about distribution? What about product range, price? You know, if you just think about marketing in terms of the four Ps, there's a lot of things that we need to do. So, of course, a lot of people will end up in fairly specific jobs. Uh, and and that's fine. I guess the thing why a lot of stuff in marketing falls flat on its face is because we fail to understand first principles in marketing, you know, first principles in buying behavior. So, you know, I don't think necessarily specialization itself is an issue, is a problem. Well, it, it can be a problem uh, if people aren't aware of first principles in marketing. So if you understand what buyer behavior fundamentally looks like and what you need to work on, you, know, you will make you know, more effective, more efficient decisions when it comes to your social media marketing uh, tactics. Uh, you know, you will make better decisions when it comes to your pricing or promotion strategy, et cetera, et cetera. So the thing is, uh, you know, evidence-based marketing, first principles in marketing, you know, the, the, the most fundamental things on, you know, what buyer behavior looks like, things that haven't really changed uh, actually uh, over the course of you know, more than half a century. If you're not aware of that, you will make, you will, you will make some really bad mistakes. Uh, or not, you might be just you might be lucky, and you might be the girl or guy that just ends up making all the right decisions. Uh, you know, notwithstanding whether you you understand buyer behavior or not. So that happens as well. Um, but you will be more successful if you understand you know, what 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 the world looks like, or how the works, or how the world works fundamentally when it comes to you know buying behavior. And uh, and this is still uh, surprisingly. This is still something that uh, only very few people actually sort of uh, understand. And, and, and this is actually why we're making so many mistakes. It's, it's, it's silly. If you think about it, if you compare it to other professions, you know, there, there are professions where you just simply be fired if, you, uh, if you'd operate in the way that uh, many marketers would, uh, would oper- or are operating currently. But um, um, you know, it keeps people, uh, <coughs> well, it's, 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 it ensures that I've got a job <laughs> in the upcoming 30, 40 years, I guess. But uh, no, but that, that is something we need to work on, uh, I, I guess, as a, you know, as an industry, you know, so it, it, we are still having a lot of discussions on the fundamentals, uh, whereas actually in terms of evidence, we, there is just a lot of evidence to, to sort of help us. Um, so we could spend more of our energy resources on, on, uh, uh, on making sure we're, we're all uh, aligning ourselves with, with some of those things. But we're still having discussions around gravity, so to speak, which is for architects is a bit silly. But, you know, uh, here, there you are. <laughs> you mentioned um, earlier that uh, a lot of these, these first principles have already been studied. Uh, also in marketing. So if, for example, one of your students would want to then start to plan their marketing based on these first principles, where would he or she start start kind of uh, gathering these informations? Yeah, I think, well, you know, this is you know, at the core of, I suppose, uh, evidence-based marketing, but even just if you're if you're concerning yourself with uh, with with first principles in buying behavior, they're, they're, I think one of the... Um, It's it's very important that you should, that you're not afraid to to go out look for stuff, collect information, analyze it yourself. You know, you, I think you um, 
uh, one hurdle you need to overcome, and some people will sort of will be more or less sort of daunted by by the task. Task is just to go out, collect information, and and learn how to you know, analyze it. You know, handle the data, or you know, at least with some. You, know, you, you make sure you've got people around you to help you if uh, if that's hard, but. Um, um, don't rely. I think one of the things that you, it's fine to rely on suppliers and people to sort of uh, help you find out stuff, but at the same time, you should be able to at least understand what's going on, and, and to a certain degree, you should be able to handle and uh, and analyze the data itself, because that will that will give you a, very, a big advantage over over others. But it will also just for yourself help you uh, to to understand much more deeply what's going on, because as you say. Um, a lot of work has been done in this area in terms of you know what, what does buyer behavior look like and what are first principles you know and uh, uh, and 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 one of the questions someone starting out at a company could have is well do they apply in our industry as well you know it's, this is something a lot of people ask us they tell us hey we've read the Byron Sharp's how brands grow but you know we're not really sure whether this, whether these things apply in our industry and I typically go well you know more than happy to look into that for you you know let, let's do that let's do a bit of research we can either you know, connect, collect new information, or we could analyze ex existing data. But again, it comes down to you know collecting the information, whether it's already there or you need to find get it out, get it from you know from a bit of research you do, and then you need to look at it and analyze it. And I really push my clients to sort of be very involved in that process to sort of understand what's going on, because the world is never really perfect. You know, sometimes things are exactly in line with what we already know, but sometimes there is some some weird stuff going on for, for all sorts of reasons but because we understand some of these patterns and we also understand why why we sometimes see deviations from these patterns you, know, you can have a discussion about that and you can actually sort of come up with more clever solutions uh, if you will uh, or a deeper understanding of why you know for instance something is a bit off uh, you know when you uh, when you look at your own data and you know very often there are some very straightforward simple explanations but you need to sort of be comfortable at you know looking at the data, working with it, understanding how it uh, how it works. Uh, so that means understanding first principles, but also just you know getting a um, developing capability to to analyze and, and interpret data. So where would someone start? Well, I, I would I would I would advise people to sort of really sort of find stuff out for themselves, not just don't just read you know. In the, you know, eat your eat your green summary or Byron's speed summary of how brands grow, because that'll that'll give you a feeling for. But you know, um, you'll get better at stuff once you start handling the data, and uh, or because you'll be able to question your suppliers better. You can go back to certain suppliers and go, well, no, I want I want you to provide it me this way or that way, or could you run the analysis that way? Because I think we need to look at it, you know, in this or that way. So. You know, this will make sure you're you're more capable. You're you're better able to approach the data and handle it. Um, but at the same time, that's puts a lot of pressure, I guess, on people because one of the things that's we were talking about evidence-based marketing, and you know, it's it's not not so much about understanding the research or reading up on the research itself, because that is useful and helpful. But I think one of the key things that uh, unfortunately isn't sort of taught enough is is um is uh, understanding statistics you know have a, you don't necessarily have to be very numerate to understand statistics or but you you need to sort of uh have a sort of basic understanding of statistics so you can uh, you can better spot the the pitfalls uh so to speak 
Because when, um, that's the same thing, I guess, with this pandemic. So in that sense, it is a blessing in that, uh, in that respect. What, we've all, what we're also seeing when it comes to the pandemic and all the reporting on it, you know, uh, you know, one group will claim this, the other group will, uh, the other group will claim that, you know, and they're at odds with each other and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're beating each other's brains in because, you know, look at my bit of data and, and uh, look at my uh, bit of data. Um, if you're able to sort of on the, on the basis of some very fundamental sort of or good understanding of statistics, you will be able to be able to separate the wheat from the chaff much better. Because and this is it comes this comes down to handling the data um, as I mentioned before. There are all sorts of research outfits that will produce great looking numbers for you, and if you're not very able to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, uh, you, know, you you can be led astray, uh, you know, c continuously. Uh, so you you will need to be able to sort of understand numbers and how research was produced and. Uh, so you can also sort of pick holes in it and and decide for yourself which way what you what you want to you know, move forward with, um, and, and this is I guess you know going back to or just we mentioned how brands grow uh, a bit earlier here. I think that book has done a lot of good in terms of summarizing a lot of work. Uh, you know, it's some people think it's very hard to read, others think it's it's quite 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 easy and accessible. But to me, uh, I've always found that that book was great because it, you know, it, there were some really interesting counterintuitive things in there for most marketers. But actually, it's a great book that, in the sense that it sort of shows you, well, if you want to understand the world and you want to understand how you need to look into things and what, and, you know, how do we sort of create, develop evidence? That's a this that's a great resource. Just you know, if you just if you read. Let's say read through the results and just uh, just think about how did they come up with these results and what did they do uh, to establish those things. Uh, it's a great way of learning how you can collect evidence and uh, how you can sort of also uh, more quickly pick holes in uh, in all the data that's been thrown at you by, by all of these parties. So um, that's probably uh, what I do uh, if I started as I was starting out of the company um, get better at statistics and uh, you know and um, Handle the data, you know, and be better, become better at handling the data. So, uh, so it's going to be easier for you to, uh, you know, determine, you know, which way to go. Essentially, um, yep. So many research reports, you know. When I start product projects, I typically ask my clients to provide me with some of the work that they've done in terms of research. And very often, you sort of there's there's obviously a ton of stuff that people typically throw at you, but at the same time, there's there's Talking about you know Wanamaker's quote, uh, I would say uh, more than half of your research report is wasted. <laughs> you could just sort of rip that one out because very often it, there's only a few key bits of information that are that are that you know that you you need to concern yourself with or you know really look at. And in many cases, a lot of information in research reports is fairly redundant. You know, and you can you could. Uh, you know, maybe that's what we should think about when you think about John Wanamaker. It's not so much whether your advertising uh, is wasted, more than half your advertising budget is wasted, but whether uh, half your research reports are just uh, waste. Anyway, I'm, uh, yeah, that kind of <clears throat> sum summarizes nicely what statistics and uh, evidence-based marketing is all about. It's not about, as you mentioned in the beginning, it's not about the facts, singular facts. As it's not about um, singular 
data, but it's all about like combining and finding finding maybe the kind of uh, links between facts that yeah. kind of leads something to being evident. So we can look at, uh, for example, like how the online presence suddenly grew when the epidemic hit, hit us. And if we don't then take into consideration about the pandemic, it might look like, okay, well, online marketing effectiveness grew overnight so substantially yeah. and uh, kind of uh, it's just a phenomenon. Yeah, itself, oh, exactly. but we don't really understand the, what, what actually happened there. Uh, kind yeah. of uh, understanding why why something has led to this outcome is in the heart of evidence-based marketing. Yeah, I think um, this is, um, uh, you know, you can actually open up your laptop and read trade magazines and, you know, there's going to be all sorts of uh, stories in there. Uh, and claims being put forward and you know if you understand first principles what we talked about at the beginning you know in many cases you it's going to be very easy to sort of say oh yeah 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 that no, that's yeah that seems like the right thing and no no that's never going to work uh, you know I, I'm I, I was you know I was telling you about these students there was this uh, uh, this article that came out on the 16th of November so what is that so is that three weeks ago it's about Dick Sporting's good. So they were they were going to be going all out on AI and targeting, and they would be reducing their TV advertising spend, and they would be uh, focusing more on online advertising, and they would, uh, you know, very much sort of aimed at retargeting and having their existing customers buy more. You know, the, the idea of well, you know, Chris has bought a nice little sweater, and you know what, we can actually sell him a pair of shoes as well. At least that's what we want and hope for. So we're gonna, you know, do a bit of retargeting and things like that. Uh, and you just read that article and you go, well, yeah, um, depending on your objectives, uh, uh, um, you know, that's probably not going to work very well for you, you know. Uh, but uh, and we've seen it uh, time and time again with with many uh, companies. Uh, you know, Adidas is a very good example from a bit of from a bit longer ago. You know, they stopped TV advertising because young people don't watch TV anymore. And, uh, you know, and then what, what do you know, a couple of years later, they they admitted that they were over indexing on, on digital. It's, But a lot of these things that are being pushed out, you know, you can very, on the basis of first principles, you can very easily go, well, no, I don't think that's going to work. But in the short term, those things might actually look as if they're working. You know, uh, there, there might be a few things going on where you go, whoa, uh, this, uh, uh, they're on the right track. Uh, and this is the thing, uh, depending on how long you want to be a CMO or, you know, uh, what kind of well, what your bonus is based on? Uh, these these tactics might sort of produce some very favorable results, you know. But in the long term, we, we very often see that because we understand how buyer behavior works fundamentally, that some of these things that will work in the short term are going to have a very negative effect in the long term. So, uh, you know, again, is my money wasted? You know, yeah, it depends. You know, if you want to secure next year's bonus, yeah, probably not. But uh, if we're talking about you know in four years time, yeah, yeah, that money seen, that money is is probably wasted uh, because it's you know in this example too too focused on a too select group of people you know uh, as you say I think that the core thing is that you know collecting information but understanding that there are patterns and trying to look for the patterns um, because we we understand that there are patterns and we have norms so we can compare some of our results against norms. This is the whole great. This is the great thing about replicating and finding patterns and trying to test them. It's like measuring your blood pressure. If I would measure your blood pressure now, you know, it, it will probably not be sort of the exact, you know, value what it would what it would be for a for a person of your age and 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 and, and fitness. 
uh, you know, it might be a bit off. You know, maybe you were rushing to to this call and, you know, your, your blood pressure is just a bit higher because, oh, shit, you know, you had two coffee and you need to, to rush a bit. But we have these norms where you can say, well, Chris, don't worry. It's, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, if you if this value is between, you know, this range, it's going to be fine. And this is the thing, you know, um, we have norms. We have there are patterns. But if you fail to see the patterns, as you say, then this whole online marketing thing can look like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> uh, you know, and actually that's sort of a thing that, you know, is, is, is actually uh, sort of breaks a whole pattern. You know, the whole pandemic has broken a pattern, if you will. You know, I think online marketing was sort of growing. Uh, but, you know, the speed at which, you know, certain things have, have picked up, uh, you know, due to the pandemic are obviously sort of have actually been accelerated by it. But indeed, we need to be careful uh, to ex extrapolate all these things and uh, think that, uh, you know, um, uh, this will this will go on uh, uh, forever. It probably won't. But anyway, yeah, collecting facts, understanding patterns, norms, benchmarks. Uh, yeah, that, that will help you understand what's really going on. And uh, to be honest, uh, in most cases, uh, people will typically have to freak out less because this is sort of what we see very often. People are very concerned with things going up and down a few percentage points, you know, and, and, and people are all, all up in arms. It's what, do we, what should we do about this if it goes down or if it goes up, you know, should we celebrate? And quite honestly, in many cases, the answer is, well, no, 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 things are actually quite normal, but yeah, stuff moves up and down a bit. And, uh, uh, but, you know, maybe there is a trend. So this is the reason why you do need to do research and measure over time, because sometimes small differences over time can you know, produce big results in the, in the long term. But quite often, a lot of stuff just goes up and down a bit. Uh, and if you've got norms and benchmarks, you can actually go back to the CEO and go, yeah, it's a, you know, we went down a bit, but don't worry. You know, it's all sort of within what you'd expect. So uh so, you know, we don't have to have like five meetings over what we need to do about it and whether we need to spend more or less on advertising. Uh, I think understanding these first principles uh, helps simplify a lot of things. It will free up a tremendous amount of time because in many cases you will be having, uh, well, fewer discussions, you know, because most of what's going on is actually sort of okay in line with what we thought. Um, so people can be more relaxed, actually. It's uh, it's one of the things that a lot of my clients play back. It's sort of, yeah, actually, stuff is actually quite simple and straightforward when it comes to sort of in the, the fundamentals. You know, it's it's really hard to get marketing right. You know, this is the thing. It's a complex, it's complex. It's dependent on a lot of things. And a lot of stuff happens and a lot of stuff is outside of your control. Um, so it's really hard to get marketing right or to be successful in marketing. But fundamentally, from a sort of strategic point of view, uh, it, it, it's actually fairly straightforward and simple what you need to work on and need to uh, need to achieve. Uh, and that's great because that means we can spend more time on making sure we can uh, do some excellent execution, right? Making sure the ads are great and, uh, I don't know, our distribution is, you know, uh, fully in line with what we hoped and expected and agreed on and uh, – you know, we can spend more time on, on making sure our products or services are great and things like that. And, um, um, you know, uh, not to worry too much about the strategy because it's simple, straightforward and clear to everyone what we need to work on. So um, uh, that has actually, uh, I think, a very one of the biggest advantages of, of evidence based marketing and understanding it. It frees up a lot of time and brings a lot of focus uh, back into the organization uh, so people can focus on that. Uh, yeah getting it right.
the, the real, the, what, you know, this is the hard work, just, you know, doing the hard work and uh, making sure you get some basic things uh, right. That summarizes marketing quite well because it's it's really, it's really complex. It's very unpredictable, but uh, that's why the numbers alone will keep you up at night. But if you contextualize it, if you understand that it's the, it's these frequencies and kind of uh, the thresholds within each each metric, then then you can kind of start to maybe relax a bit and not overreact to everything. And uh, it's 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 a bit shame that I think some some of some some marketers that over invested in online before the pandemic got off the hook now that it's actually quite effective to do it but uh, yeah I, I, I think I think like that summarizes well what we should do like like not the numbers alone but fi- fi- find kind of uh, the big picture and then then start to analyze things and yeah. not, not vice versa uh, this is one one question I ask all my all my guests at last but um, <clears throat> you you've helped lots of uh, companies with with their branding and kind of uh, develop their brand growth. So um, do you think the marketing budget are half wasted? <laughs> um, yeah, I think what we obviously uh, started our conversation with uh, with the same question, and uh, I, I don't. I think um, I don't know. Well, you've asked it in a little, slightly different way, of course. Whether you, I think their marketing budgets are half wasted. Um, no, I, I don't think. I think half would be uh, would a bit would be too much. But uh, yeah, I think um, uh, uh, I, I still find that uh, you know, of course, you know, that, that's that's what happens when you talk to companies um, um, that are in a bit of spot of bother. Uh, you, you will you will typically find that uh, in many cases uh, uh, a fair bit of their budget is wasted. Whereas half, I'm not sure. Yeah, I've I've worked for companies where more than half of their budget was was wasted. At the same time, you know, um, uh, there are, I would say, more numerous uh, examples of where companies could improve uh, in areas and uh, it wasn't as bad as half. But, uh, um, you know, I guess uh, uh, it's it's actually something they can resolve and, uh, quite easily. It's actually not too, ex- not too expensive, uh, to be honest, to sort of make sure that that ratio, uh, 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 you know, becomes more favorable because, you know, there will always be a bit of waste. You know, we're, we're people, we cock up and, you know, uh, and there's stuff that happens that we can't control. But um, it's understanding uh, evidence-based marketing and, uh you know, to be honest, uh, we've got a great program. Uh, so if people are interested, <laughs> they can give me a ring. And uh, compared to the waste, um, I think it's good value for money. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, there are many other places where people can look and find information on how they can do a, a better job when it comes to marketing. So um, it's getting those basics and fundamentals in place and uh, and making sure it's not just one or two people within the organization, but it's finance, sales and marketing. Uh, you know, we're all aligned on uh, on, on this topic. Uh, you know, that will ensure that uh, the waste in your budgets uh, becomes uh, you know minimal, uh, you know, uh, or becomes you know uh, nearly nil, if you will. But um, uh, yeah, in a way, yeah. And at the end of the day, it kind of uh, to some degree depends on where you look at things. So as uh, as we talked about, if you're looking at things from the point of short-term sales. It's a different story, but if you look at marketing in general, like uh, affecting consumer behavior and stuff like that, uh, it's a whole another story. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 
thanks thanks Beamer for your time it's yeah, been very rudimentary but at the same time fresh that we actually talk about something else than over optimizing media uh, social media channels and ads and kind of AI making us to buy things without us even knowing but it's also like these basics exist they've existed for a long time and kind of uh, ignoring or kind of neglecting them in your work can lead to a disaster yeah exactly <laughs> right thank you chris and that's it for half wasted season one we had nine stellar guests teaching us what effective marketing can be and how we can all aim to get better in it by focusing on the basics because at the end of the day marketing is all about continuous growth whether it's personal growth or growing your business through amazing marketing campaigns. To become the best, we all need to learn and teach something new every day. I want to personally thank you for tuning into this season and wish you the merriest Christmas and a happy new year. My name is Chris Gervinen, this has been Half Wasted and I'll see you in 2022.